0: from home we want to welcome you to our online visual virtual church and uh, we're so excited that you are watching and we're just going to go into a time of worship so I encourage you to grab your family and uh, lift your voice lift your hands let's engage where we're at and uh, let's just worship him amen amen Oh, other at this time but if you could just on the comment section just say hey I love my church miss my church I wish I was there worship was great getting anxious to hear Pastor Gary just comment just keep them rolling and uh, it's just great to be in God's house amen amen
1: Good morning, Brian Church. Glad that you could join with us this morning as we worship the Lord together. I'm gonna I'm gonna greet you with the shalom of God and the shekinah of His presence, that that would bless your life. If you're new to Berean and uh, you're joining us online for the first time, you've not fellowshiped with us before. We'd like to get you to uh, become better acquainted with us and us with you. If you'll go to our website, there's a page there, a card for new connections and if you'll connect that and fill out that information we will make a five dollar donation to a charity of your choice that you name on that card so we'd love to get to know you better take advantage of that there's also the blue prayer and praise card online so that we can stay in contact with you please feel free to fill that out and let us know how we can better support you in prayer also um, you can also make comment there um, in the comments section on our webpage so we can connect. Well, this is the time that we take the offering. And I wanted to make a couple of comments to you. I know that many of you may be going through one of the most difficult times you've ever experienced with finances. Maybe you've been laid off, for load or whatever terminology is being used. There's a promise in scripture for those of you that tie that this is the time for you to discover it. The Bible says that God will rebuke the devourer and open the windows of heaven over your life. If you're going through a hard time financially, I want you right now to lay claim to that promise that the devourer, whether it's coronavirus or some other thing that's the devourer of your resources, that that devourer will be driven back and you will find God blessing you in ways beyond you've ever imagined. God's promises are true in spite of our circumstances, And uh, we need your help to continue proclaiming the good news, whether it's digitally or one-on-one. I had an opportunity with someone yesterday to just begin to talk to them about Jesus and what Jesus can do for them. God is still touching and changing lives, and we need your help financially. And you can give three ways. You can use snail mail. That still works. They're still delivering mail to us. You can fill out a check and uh, put that in the mail or you can go to our website and set up a place for you to do um, online giving or you can also text to give, all that's on our website in the give portion, bereanhub.com, B-E-R-E-A-N-H-U-B.com. So make sure you join us there and stay connected. Let us know how you're doing, if there's something you need or some way that we can interact with you. Our team's working really hard, we're expanding Uh, Our Zoom conferences, I wish that I had bought stock in Zoom before all this happened, Uh, but we're doing some fun things with that and other things online. Stay connected on our webpage and uh, we'll keep you informed. Working hard to be here to support you every way that we can, amen. God is good, he's faithful, and he is our sufficient supply. Have a video that I want you to watch right now. It's a video about an old song that many of you would know the hymn rock of ages cleft for me i want you to hear how that song came to be
2: November 4, 1740, a baby in Farmham, England, was given the formidable name of Augustus Montague Toplady. His father, a major in the Royal Marines, had died in war, and his mother, Catherine, spoiled him terribly. His friends often thought him sick and neurotic, and his relatives truly disliked him. But Augustus Toplady was interested in the Lord. I am now arrived at the age of 11 years, he wrote on his birthday. I praise God I can remember no dreadful crime, to the Lord be the glory. By age 12, he was preaching sermons to whoever would listen. At 14, he began writing hymns. At 15, he was soundly converted to Christ while attending a barn service conducted by James Morris, a follower of John Wesley. And by 22, Toplady was ordained an Anglican priest. He and his contemporary, John Wesley, often clashed due to their differences in theology. The great Methodist leader angered Augustus to the point that he once decided to write an article intended to be a slap at Wesley. Augustus extolled God's forgiveness in the article, and in 1776, it was published. It ended with an original poem. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Augustus Toplady died at age 38, but his poem outlived him and has been called the best known, best loved, and most widely used hymn in the English language. Oddly, it was remarkably similar to something Wesley himself had written nearly 30 years before in the preface of a book of hymns for the Lord's Supper. O rock of salvation, rock struck and cleft for me, let those two streams of blood and water which gush from thy side bring down pardon and holiness into my soul. Perhaps the two men were not as incompatible as they thought.
1: continuing our series through the rocks of the Lenten um, season, and so far we've talked about the missing stone in the Garden of Gethsemane, that we've got to get the things that are not true out of the way so that we can see the truth. Week two, we talked about the tables of stone, that God will take the law of God written on tables of stone and write that on the fleshly tables of the heart. Week three, we talked about sticks and stones and the woman taken in the act of adultery that was liberated from her sin and last week, Stephen's death by stoning. So this morning, we're gonna consider the divine stones. It's the stone that we must build our faith upon. This stone speaks of winning, of victory, of the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. Many of our most beloved hymns of a bygone era and some of our more contemporary songs make reference on a regular basis to the rock, God being our rock, the rock of our foundation. Think about rock of ages. On Christ the solid rock I stand. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. I run to the rock and then uh, the Lord's our rock, in him we hide a shelter in the time of storm. It all reminds us of the foundation of our lives on the Lord Jesus Christ, and the victory that God has promised to the church. So I want us to take a few moments today and talk about the divine stone. What do we know about that? Well, number one, the stone that's the foundation bedrock of our faith is an eternal stone. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 4, Trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock now if you take that in its context our rock of ages which is a phrase i'd wondered for some time where it actually came from comes from this text and the verse previous to that says this you god will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you or steadfast on you because he trusts in you and then goes on into that verse trust in the lord forever For the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. Both of those talk about our eternal rock, that God is our source of strength. Think about what an incredible title that is for God, the rock of ages, eternally existent, omnipotent. Everything that we need to be able to make it through this world is wrapped up in that picture of the lord our rock he's our eternal everlasting strength and peace comes from focusing on him who is the rock of ages not from the shifting sands of circumstances or what's going on around us but that god is in charge uh yesterday had just a moment of reminder that spring is still going to come that winter, spring, summer, and fall is still happening. Last year, we had kind of a fun experience with a mother and father cardinal that built a nest right inside one of the shrubs right next to our front door. And Carol and I were talking, I wonder if they'll be back because sometimes they'll return to the same place. And yesterday, I saw them on our back patio, bouncing across the patio, the uh, mom and dad cardinal. And I just was Encouraged by that in this sense, God isn't stopping anything he's doing. The creation of the world continues under the will of God held together by his power. And while our world is completely disrupted, God is the eternal rock of ages that we can anchor everything in our life to and continue to work forward in his blessing. The song that we talked about here in the video and that referenced earlier, Rock of Ages, a Christian hymn that was written by Augustus M. Toplady. What a a great name. And the legend says that he wrote that song during a storm in England. He was traveling along the gorge in Burrington Combe. He was caught in a fierce storm and took shelter in a gap in the gorge where he wrote the original lyrics. That rock is now marked with a plaque that reads Rock of Ages. I don't know if that picture is up. If we can put that picture up, that'd be great. There's a plaque there at this rock that says Rock of Ages, and it derives its name from the well known hymn written about 1762 by Reverend A.M. Toplady. He was there in recognizing that while the storms of life rage, while things around us are tumultuous, when we aren't sure what tomorrow will bring, what can we do? We can trust in the one who is the rock of ages, our eternal strength, our eternal stability. Let me just read to you a couple of the lyrics. The first stanza. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed. And in this next phrase is some really, really detailed theology. Be of sin, the double cure, save from wrath, and make me pure. What is that talking about? What does that phrase mean? What is that stanza referring to? It's referring to the two primary things that happen when you become a child of God. Be of sin, the double cure, safe from wrath. What is that? That's redemption. That's justification that you are delivered from the judgment of God. And it says, and make me pure. What is that? That's sanctification. Now, pause with me and let's put that back to the rock of ages. When you and I make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, what does he do? He justifies us. He makes it as if we've never sinned, washes that away, and then begins a work of removing sin from us. It's called sanctification. Who does that? The rock of ages, our eternal strength, which means that nothing outside of us can interrupt that process. It doesn't rest on you. It doesn't rest on me. It rests on the eternal stone, God himself doing a work in us, and you can rest in that today. When the devil pounds on you and beats on you and tells you that you're worthless, that there's no hope for you and reminds you of your past, it's the strength of God that brings to pass the justification and sanctification of the Spirit of God. I don't know if, I know you can't, uh, I can't hear you, but somebody ought to say "Man at home right now. That's a wonderful truth for us to build our lives on. It's the eternal stone of strength. And then the song, that and another song talks about, he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. Where does that imagery come from? It comes from a time when Moses wanted to see the glory of God. He was troubled about what was happening, and he says, God, I want to see your glory. And, and God says to Moses, Moses, I can't let you see my glory. No man can see my glory and live. God said, Moses, I want you, though, to see something. And so I have a place cleft in the rock, and he put him in the cleft of the rock, covered him with his hand so that he could see the glory of God as God passed by. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. Who does that? The eternal rock, eternal strength, the one that cannot be conquered, has a place in the rock and I'm covered with his hand that he provides for us. Don't forget that. In this hour, the world needs to see that we believe in a God who is the all-sufficient one, who provides everything that we need and has a place of protection for you, cleft in the rock. He is the rock of ages. He is the eternal stone. Second, I want you to think about him this way. He's the foundation stone. This is a wonderful picture in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. We've probably all quoted that or heard it quoted. And it's in the context of Jesus asking the disciples, who do men say that I am? And, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah. Some say you're that prophet that should come. And Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus says, upon that confession, I will build my church. Are you hearing me right now? On that confession, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a Greek lesson here and try to do it in a way that you can uh, follow along that I don't become too cumbersome or lose my own way. But the Bible describes the church as the ecclesia. The Greek word is ekklesia. It's ek out of and klesia to call. And so we often, we often describe the ekklesia as those that are called out. And that's, that's really true. But there's a word picture here that we miss. Now watch this. In the ruling party of the cities where the Jews would live, they would have a governing council. And in times of decision-making for the good of the city, they would convene their Congress. Their Congress would have been called, or their city council would have been called, an ecclesia, the called out ones. So the ones that represented the city would come out of the city to the city gate to do business for the city. Now, what this scripture tells us is that the devil has an ecclesia, the gates of hell have a called out company. The devil has, has set a plan in motion, devices to destroy you, to destroy the church, to destroy the people of God. But Jesus said, "Who? I'm going to dance here in a minute because I know what I'm going to say." But Jesus said, "I have are you hearing me right now? He said, "I have an Ecoleetto, an ecclesia. I have a council." That I've called to rule and reign over the cities where they live. And when I call them out, the ekklesy of hell, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. One thing I know, and that is the church of Jesus Christ will be triumphant. Nothing will stop the church. Nothing will set it back. Let the hosts of hell do all they want to do. And I'm telling you that the church will always be triumphant. On the other side of this, we'll be triumphant. But until Jesus comes, we will be triumphant because he has a plan, hallelujah. He has a plan and the gates of hell will not prevail against this declaration. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And on that declaration, he says, I will build my church. Say, man, stand up and dance around your room. Get out of that easy chair and give god praise because that's what god will do he is our foundation stone overcoming the gates of hell he's the foundation of our faith everything we are everything we do everything that we believe rests upon our faith in jesus christ church hear me don't let that waver in times of trial, in times of turmoil, in times of fear, people dying, people getting sick, jobs that are being lost, I'm telling you that this rock is our foundation. And we're living in a time that everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but there are some things that will never be shaken. And that foundation stone will not quiver. It will not tremble. We build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. I'm glad I came this morning. This is encouraging me. Third, think about this. He's the eternal stone. He's the foundation stone. Third, he's the cornerstone. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Well, now wait, pastor, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just said that Jesus was the foundation and Ephesians says that the apostles and the prophets are the foundation. Is that a contradiction? It's only a contradiction for those who want contradictions. (laughs) It's easily resolvable. It's not the person of the apostles and prophets that are foundation. It's the message they proclaimed. And I'm telling you that from Genesis to Revelation, the message that is proclaimed is a Messiah would come. We find out in the New Testament, his name is Jesus. He is, he is the foundation. Their message is the foundation. And as part of the foundation, Jesus becomes the cornerstone. That means that everything is to be aligned with him. Everything we do is aligned with him. Not by the whims of man, not by the plans of men, but everything in alignment with the cornerstone. In masonry and building in times gone by, the cornerstone was that piece of the building that everything else worked off of. We're to be aligned with him and our lives cannot have integrity without being aligned with the cornerstone. Your place in the building that God is building depends on your alignment with him. What does that mean? It means you say what he says. It means you believe what he's declared. It means you walk where he walks. It means you act like he acts. He becomes the cornerstone for everything we do. What would Jesus do if you're living in your house? How would he respond to the contemporary cultural environment if he were living next door to you? That's how we should behave, that everything gets measured by the cornerstone. And he tells us that because of that, we're no longer foreigners and aliens. You are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. We were all on the outside looking in, destined for an eternity in hell. But he made us part of his building. And when we align with him, we are owned by him, we are blessed by him, we're loved by him, and we become part of that new kingdom. You've left one kingdom and joined another. So this divine stone, this divine stone is eternal. He's the foundation and he's the cornerstone, which brings us to this. Who are we? We're living stones. We are living stones. Listen to what First Peter says in chapter 2, verse 5. You also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are living stones. We're made of the same material as the divine stone. You could say, in a sense, we're a chip off the old block. We belong to him. We're to look like him, live like him. His divine nature should be in us and fueled out of us. What would he do? That's who we should be. Says to us then in Ephesians, uh, back in Ephesians chapter two, consequently, what I've already read, you are no longer foreigners and aliens but federal citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Now listen to this. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We are the building of God. So I, <laughs> I want to talk to some of you who are all bent out of shape over the church not being to gather being able to gather together in the natural. Well, what we're understanding right now, what's becoming abundantly clear, is that 5299 East University is not the church. It's a building. Who is the church? What is the church? We are the church. So rather than gathering in one place through circumstances we can't control, he has put you in a place to be the church in your neighborhood. You're the voice of God to your neighbors. You're the encouragement that they need to hear. We are the place he chooses to live. And I, I, um, I don't mean to make light in any sense of the term. This is a very serious time. But there is a truth that we have something this world needs to give or receive. We have something to give this world needs to receive. And we need to be giving that to them all of the time. Not just when the sun shines, not just when times are good, but in these dark times. Listen, you have neighbors that are terrified. You have friends who have no idea what tomorrow will hold. People are losing their job. This is the time for the church to be the habitation in which God dwells, for you to be the temple of the Holy Spirit and communicate, whether you do it on Facebook whether you do it by an email or a text to a friend, what would happen right now if the church decided in these dark times we were gonna be living stones, we were gonna be the life of God to our neighbors and communicate that to them? What would that look like if we were proclaiming that? Listen, if we, <laughs> you can do something more for your neighborhood than post a cat video. You can do something more for your neighbor than post a coronavirus joke. You know what you can do? You can begin to testify to how God is caring for you and your family. You can begin to encourage your neighbors that he is our source, that we don't despair, we don't give up, we don't lose our ground because of what's happening. We are living stones. We are bricks in God's building. We don't change any more than he does, and we continue to communicate the truth. And in that, we become a special, unique stone, part of the place that God dwells. He's dwelling in you. He's dwelling in you. What's the purpose of this stone, the living stones? To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Right now, what sacrifices are you offering to God? Are you offering the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of your lips? Have you lost the joy of the Lord? Are you living by fear? Has the evangelical sound of your voice been stilled or silent? It can always sound, regardless of what the adversary is. What is your sacrifice? What are you doing to make sure that the temple of God continues to function in the world that we live in? during this Lenten season, what sacrifices are you choosing to offer? Because the key word this morning is win. The church wins. Doesn't matter what it looks like today. The church wins. So let's think a little bit about where we've been this morning. Who is he? Who is he? He is the Rock of Ages. Everybody out loud in your home, stand up and say with me, he is Rock of Ages. Say it again, Rock of Ages. Say it again, Rock of Ages. That's who he is. He is our eternal source of strength. He's also our foundation stone. He's the basis of all that we believe. His strength is supplied to us as we build on his truth. And he's the cornerstone the unyielding standard for our lives. Who are we then? In that context, who are we? We are living stones, reflecting his nature. We are the place of worship. Grab hold of that. Well, it'll be a wonderful day when we come back together and can experience biblical fellowship together again and how important community is. Between here and there, God is still dwelling with us. So the world has a choice to make. The world has a choice to make. Jesus said to the Pharisees when they doubted him, have you never read the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. And then he says this powerful principle, he who falls on this stone, the cornerstone, will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. What is Jesus saying? Some, even today, look at Jesus as a stumbling stone, and as a rock of offense. To others, he's the the life of God. We have a choice, (laughs) It's it's this simple. You can fall on that cornerstone and let it break you and change you and reshape you. But if you choose not to, the sad truth is that this stone will one day in judgment fall on you. Heaven and hell are real. And you may be watching right now and joining this service. Maybe you stumbled across it. Maybe a friend invited you. Maybe you've attended Brian for a long time and have never made a personal commitment of your life to Jesus. There is no other source. There is no other supply. You need to make that choice. And that choice is simply this. Admit that you need a Savior. You've sinned. You've failed. You've fallen short of God's glory believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and confess him as your personal Lord and Savior. That's what needs to happen. That's the source of our, that's the only choice, the source of our strength, the source of our life, and our only choice because we'll all give an account to God. Let this be a day that you make that choice. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you wherever you are watching this, uh, if you're in a house somewhere where he can and are physically able, I want you to stand up right now. We're gonna take a moment to just soak in the strength and glory of God as our stone and we are living stones believing this. This is the prayer that I want you to pray. Psalm 61 verse two, Lord, lead me to the rock. (laughs) Lead me to the rock that is higher than us. If you're troubled if you're worried if you're afraid if you're struggling there's a rock higher than you I said there's a rock higher than you and that rock is the Lord Jesus Christ we're going to take a moment to celebrate that and just to soak in his presence right now if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior you can pray that prayer and invite him in if you do know him as Lord and Savior this is the time for us to rejoice that we're not the rock he is and then we can become like him he is all right. True. into your life today, please let us know that on a comment card or the comment section. Reach out to us, let us know. If God's doing something to bless you and encourage you, we want to know that as well. Um, But let's celebrate that our rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. And in him, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful that our stability and our foundation doesn't depend on us, but rests firmly on you. We trust in that today. We claim the victory that you have promised to the church, and we commit ourselves to be living stones, the place where you dwell. And we thank you for that assurance and that promise in Jesus' name. Everybody watching said amen, amen. God bless you. Pray for us. Stay connected to the website. Exciting things happening this week. We're going to stay connected with you. God bless you.